Hey, welcome back. We are here uh, with Mike and Murph for Movie Marathon. Uh, this isn't even a serious one. I think we're just we're just this is just a one for us type of episode. Uh, <laughs> we're here to talk about the 1996 action movie classic Broken Arrow, uh, directed by John Woo and starring and starring, of course, John Travolta and Christian Slater. Good morning, Mike. <laughs> Good morning, Murph. And uh, I, I like the way you introduce as one for us. Like that's not every episode no, of this podcast. The whole canon <laughs> thing was not for us. That was that the, was for science. The uh, editorial board, you know, dictates the movies we do, and finally <laughs> let us <laughs> finally let us pick one ourselves. <laughs> exactly, and I'm glad that we actually uh, somebody gave a shit about us enough to let us pick uh, this movie. Not face uh, off, this, but this movie. Yeah, it's the same movie I picked in uh, seventh grade to go on my very first date to. <laughs> <laughs> So, you know, uh, nothing, nothing changes. <laughs> nothing changes. You go home <laughs> alone and depressed, and John Travolta does not. Um, <laughs> man, that's a weird. Well, you know what? No, in 1997, that's actually it's like probably like this or Con Air is probably your two choices for uh, <laughs> for date movies if you're our age. Yeah, actually, that's that would be pretty funny to look what else was in theater then, like what other choices um, <laughs> did I have. Um, I doubt anything better, especially for a date. Well, especially it's it's a February release for this, and that's you know not not exactly the known for being the most uh, um the biggest uh, time of the box action office. movies. Yeah, yeah. Well, it was funny to me is uh, part of the reason why we started <laughs> um, uh, going down this rabbit hole. And we 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 had to stop and make ourselves record because we started talking too much, but. It was because of romance, and it was because of a Valentine's <laughs> Day type thing. Because <laughs> we were trying to figure out the connection between uh, Samantha Mathis and Christian Slater, because I didn't realize until we started doing this that they had been in a bunch of stuff together uh, in the early 90s, and there seems to be some sort of undercurrent there. Uh, so in, so they were in Pump Up the Volume together, oh, which is a, a good movie, and they're both good, very good in that. Um, and then there's like internet stuff where, I, I don't know, I mean, you can always take this stuff with a grain of salt. I suppose they, they dated in real life, but I mean, who knows? And, uh, but then they also were the uh, voices in Fern Gully as the leads. <laughs> I don't know. We are a very specific age where Fern Gully is, I think if you're like five years younger or older than us, it doesn't really register <laughs> to people. But our like specific age, like you just say Fern Gully and people's eyes kind of be like, oh yeah, Fern Gully. You either either know exactly what that is, or you've never seen it. It's yeah. a uh, well, it's, it's probably an early environmental environmentalism movie for kids, <laughs> if I can if I remember correctly. I mean, I, I'm pretty sure um, the basis of Avatar for James Cameron just took Fern Gully. That's probably true. It's probably true. Um, yeah, yeah. It built his uh, multi billion dollar franchise <laughs> on the back of Fern Gully. <laughs> that piece of shit. Yeah, I know that guy. What are you gonna do with him? Uh, but yeah, so you were asking, like, I, I wonder how they get cast because, like, their chemistry doesn't feel it great does, or earned. It, it does not show up on screen here, unfortunately. Uh, and and I so I was gonna bring this up for a different reason. That internet trivia stuff I get was John Woo cast them. He, he was just like placing pictures of actors and actresses next to each other and thought they fit together. And I was like. Well, that seems insane because five years before they were in a movie together with a romantic relationship. Like it's like, but well, I guess coming from Hong Kong, like I, there's no reason he would have seen Pump Up the Volume. Like, 
No, I um, I uh, sorry, I was looking at all the movies that you did not go see in February of nineteen ninety six. One of them, which really surprises me, Happy Gilmore. Opened, oh well, opened, I, I definitely went to I definitely went to see that in opened February, the, the week after uh, Broken Arrow, and then uh, oh, and Toy Story, and uh, was uh, apparently big. Rumble in the Bronx came out that month. Oh, but that had come out in November. It was just still big. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. I'm looking at stuff. I think just opened, but um. Anyway, yeah. I, I, I there's a, there's a piece of me this this time watching this that wondered what is the cultural gap for John Woo, um, in making this because I do feel like it's more apparent uh, in than than some of his other movies like Hard Target. You don't get a sense that he's missing any pieces to make the movie work it's just it's you're getting a lot of just john woo stuff distilled down with a, a good at the time good action star van damme here the cast to me is like the weirdest part of this probably why it wasn't a better movie or better received movie because samantha mathis and christian slater look like if you told me they were speaking different languages to each other on the set when they're actually <laughs> interacting with each other in scenes and then they just oh, like dubbed over it later on. I would believe you. Like there, there, there's so little chemistry between the two it, leads. Yeah, and I, I do think that's why I'm watching it this time. I love this movie. I've seen it a bunch, and uh, I have to give a special shout out to our friend Jay. When we lived together, uh, we had this saved on our DVR and watch it all the time, like late at night. <laughs> so, oh yeah. Uh, so, that, so I have a very <laughs> much fondness in my heart for this movie. Yeah. But I, I do think. So I, in doing my research, apparently there the John Woo cut of this is about two hours, and a lot of what they took cut out was character development and a little bit of violence. So the action sequences were a little more violent, but I think they and I think that makes a lot of sense. They took out a lot of character development because mm-hmm. by the end of it, watching this, I was like, man, these characters like you kind of don't really care about any of them. Like no. there's not. <laughs> There's, they don't, there's not a lot there they're giving you to grasp onto for like who these people are. Um, and, so, and so I was like, okay, that makes a ton of sense that about 10 minutes of character development was cut. So I was wondering if there is like a couple scenes of of um, Christian Slater, Samantha Mathis of kind of being like, oh, they, they have had like a little bit of bonding beyond just immediate pointing guns at each other. Um and trying to kill each and other. And nuclear weapons. Yeah. Um, I, that was that was my f- most frustrating thing on, on watching this again was <clears throat> halfway through this, I'm like, man, I can't tell if Travolta's just lo- lost his goddamn mind or, is he, or if he's just playing into exactly what's being asked of him. But I just never felt like uh, Christian Slater was enough of a foil to, to the bad guy that he was compelling. And that was what I didn't like was the, the, the cast never felt balanced. And I, I kept waiting for Christian Slater to be as interesting of a, of a, a hero as Travolta is a villain. It, it just, which I guess this, this to me is this sets the stage for face off. You, he was like, okay, well, let's double down this crazy idea next right. year. Right. I think <laughs> I, you got that in your notes. And I was like, that's a great point. Cause I, and I will, I think, um, there's a, some problems in this movie that's like, oh, it just didn't quite fit. So, like, boxing is a big theme in this movie, <laughs> especially <laughs> with Slater and Travolta. But the problem is John Travolta's got, like, four or five inches and, like, 50, 60 pounds on Christian Slater. And it's yeah. like, this 
couldn't be a thing. Like people would be like, like this would be insane for them to. Yeah, that be that opening boxing each other in like a serious manner. Like the opening scene where uh, he's got uh, Hale up against the ropes and he's just wailing. I'm like, God damn it! It's like. That's like two different, yeah. like three different weight classes difference between these guys. <laughs> it's just yeah. So I, at the very least, this is saying Travolta six two, and then uh, which I mean, you know, who did, who Slater knows, is, um, is five one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Now Christian Slater five eight. This is science. Like that's significant. Yeah, that's a that's a big difference, especially in boxing. <laughs> Like and then in this like sideways like Slater's pretty like Travolta's kind of bulked up and getting a little thicker and I uh, here you know, and we're definitely getting to the uh the more comfortable with his body face <laughs> Travolta. <laughs> well, it's not like Tra- early career Travolta like we're dancing looking like trim and lean on the dance floor like <laughs> he's a full ass grown man here with like more of a dad bod like he's got he's got dad strength when he's doing this. So it probably is beating the shot of Christian Slater. But yeah, um, it was just like no helmets or anything. It's like two punches. Like Slater would be like <laughs> head spinning. Yeah, Ann and I were watching this together, which God help her for having to sit through this. Um but, and and that's what we both laughed. We're like, oh yeah, that, that makes sense. Two uh two Air Force uh officers beating the shit out of each other without helmets on just for recreation. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure they're not gonna let you do that. Especially uh, in training. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Like this time, I don't know how worried people were about concussions at this point. Of a, <laughs> but it also seems alarming that uh, after probably definitely sustaining a concussion, he's uh, flying like a stealth bomber, <laughs> two billion dollar jet, yeah, with nuclear like, weapons attached, hundreds to it. of feet off the floor of the uh, of a canyon. <laughs> yeah, we well, well and he can um, possibly black out at any second. <laughs> yeah, I well, look, we if Antonio Brown's told us anything, CTE does not affect people in the long term. <laughs> yeah. So, um, we should probably tell everybody like what this is about, huh? Like, this is if you haven't seen Broken Arrow, which you probably aren't <laughs> listening to this podcast in the first place, but it is the tale of a man who tries to steal um two thermonuclear weapons to auction off to the highest bidder, uh, where whereby he is a pilot of a, I think it's a B two, I think they call it B three. They have some, it's like, okay, what's the oh, to make it be more, yeah. Stealth yeah. bomber, it's the B2. Okay, let's go to the B3. <laughs> Great. Um, <laughs> and he tries to kill his partner in the process to do it. His partner ejects from the airplane, and then the rest of the movie takes place <laughs> in the Southwest, uh, where uh, Christian Slater's character of Hale tries to defeat uh, Deke, played by John Travolta, and uh, recapture the nuclear weapons. So, um, this was what John Woo's second American movie, I think, after Hard Target. Hard Target, and then he, he took yeah, a hiatus. I think and that's uh, and, and did this. That that does sound correct to me. Um, <laughs> fortunately, we have the internet to give us all correct information. Um, but yeah, because it's crazy. Um, Hard Boiled's ninety two, and then Hard Target ninety three, Broken Arrow ninety six, but. Uh, it, I, it's I it's crazy that they're that they were this close together. I kind of assumed um, that Hard Boiled feels like a 1980s movie to me, not a not a 90s movie. Yeah, I always and it's, it's, I do that a lot when you get close on um, 
because I mean, I don't know when hard boiled, like 92 could be the American release date. So it could have been yeah, more 1991 yeah, in Hong Kong. Um, but it was 1975. <laughs> but I do that a lot. Like that happens a lot with movies where it's like, oh, it's like just because it's released in 91, like it's got much more 80s DNA in it. Or the same thing with like sometimes there'll be early 80s movies where it's like, oh, this is more coming from the DNA of 70s as opposed to, you know, like Back to the Future kind of. Uh, no, that's <clears throat> that's true. I was trying to think. There was a movie. Uh, I think it's Nighthawks, where it was made. I want to say in 1979, and then because of production issues, it actually sat on the shelf for like a year. It didn't come out until 81. So you know, to your point, it was like on paper, it was actually technically made an entirely different decade than when it came yeah. out. <laughs> so, but oh, I, and I then just, right after this, you're going face off. Face, Anna was like, why aren't you doing face off? And I'm like, I don't know. I'm like, it's too, it's, we will. Yeah, we're we gonna, will. <laughs> we, we're we're going to get there. It's just, it's too, it's too good. It's, it's too much. And I do think that this, I do, I have this feeling that there's shortfalls in this that are what drove face off to be what it is. <laughs> well, it um, does feel like everyone responded really well to what Travolta was doing in this. Yes, 100%. And so, and I think when they came, like, oh, we just need someone to match that and it was like well guess what guys good news i got a nicholas cage right here for you which i, I know it's another <laughs> you movie. like that i got someone who can <laughs> triple down on you yeah. triple down on you he um there's a story that uh uh cage flew directly from the set of con air to start filming like in the middle of into the middle of the script for uh um for face off and i'm like that sounds 100 percent correct to me that that he can't that i don't know i i i would love to have been on a set for face off because i just feel like you would you'd see two egos that were about to be horribly handicapped (laughs) and 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 watch that movie come together Mm -hmm. um yeah i I remember when this came out it was a big deal because it was john woo's sort of really kind of first big entree to action uh in the u.s i know he had hard target but i think he kind of got a reputation at this point and that was what was being hyped was you're getting a John Woo movie. And so that was sort of, to me, the conscious yeah. start of, of where for us, the first time we're, um, where it's hard targets 93. So we're probably more nine or 10. And so yep. for us, this is probably the first time we're like, we know who John Woo is and like, Oh man, like he's doing it. He came to America and is doing a big with big American stars and that, um, that yeah, that it's definitely was like, oh, this is like, what are it, we going to get? Like, it, it felt like an event of sorts for yeah, exactly. Um, and I, it's funny because I actually, after watching this, I actually think it's if I had to put like hard target face off and this together, I think this is the weaker of the three. I haven't but seen hard target in a while, <laughs> so I I want to I I want to read, but yeah, I mean, face off definitely just like gets everything like, it's a crazy ass movie yes. crazy ass choices but it all it's all of one and this feels i guess there's a lot of studio issues with john woo on this and on hard target i guess um and so you can kind of feel the john woo hong kong action movie fighting against the traditional american action movie at times in this where it's it does feel like the studio, like there are things that are very like 
oh, this is very 90, middle 90s action movie trope. Uh, and then they, oh, this is extreme John Woo action movie trope. And it's like, oh, like there's too many. Like, it feels like the studio was a little nervous and needed to like pack in all these like things they were comfortable that made them feel comfortable. Um, I think it's a, it's a fair statement. I that was my note. I don't know if you had the same, but um, it this feels like it's a 1970s uh disaster movie, and then and that was sort of the backbone of whatever they wanted to do. I mean, they tried to take John Woo's uh, approach to action and approach to to violence and some of his storytelling elements and trying to wrap it around this this much bigger story. I was I I haven't seen a ton of his Hong Kong movies, but when I think back, a lot of it's based on you know mob or crime or an assassin. It's it's sort of like these really small worlds that he's building with uh, with his characters and plot. Uh, and at least in the movies that he was really you know known for here it feels like they've, they're doing way too much world building and that's just not in his wheelhouse and I, I wonder how much to your point how much the studio has has input and how much it steers a lot of like the second unit stuff in this because it there are entire segments of this when i watched it now i'm like oh i don't even think john woo was on the set when they filmed <laughs> all of this like all like, of the war room stuff just doesn't even feel like he was he was there. Yeah, like all the stuff with like Kurtwood Smith, or then all even the stuff um, where they're at the militaries with Delroy Lindo, um, mm-hmm. all feels so generic. Like, oh, this could be like yep. an under siege, or this could be like any of those movies of that time where like they're cutting back to the war room or situation room kind of places. It just you could rip these out of any movie and slap them into anything. Else. And like, yeah, it's just it's not a not exactly yet in like the John Woo style and flourishes, which <laughs> I, I think are like cool in this, but are very like surface motivated. Whereas when you look at like the killer or hard boiled, like those are like those are really like you get to know the characters yep. really well. So when he's doing these like slow mo things or like, you know, oh, there's a part in this where like Travolta flicks like a cigarette butt and it really like is a stylized shot. So that's <laughs> like slows down. Like, but it's not you've just guys have been all over the place with what's going on with this character, what's going on with the story, what's going on with these other characters around him that is like, oh, if we were like a little more grounded into like who Travolta is and identified with him maybe a little more, that shot you kind of would feel it's lingering at that moment because you're supposed to like think about what they're feeling, what they're frustrating. And then yes, it also looks very cool and stylized and that and like you have all that and like there's like emotional pathos behind what yeah. he's doing what John Woo is doing and some of the Hong Kong stuff there's this it's like this is just a John Woo style shot with real no emotional backing to it um, I think that's that was where I had problems with this was and like like you said I'd be curious to have seen his cut of it um, yeah, that. because there's too much of a human element that just gets left out. And I know, I know from Wu's other stuff with, um, I, I'll keep picking on hard boiled. He does build characters out quite a bit. I mean, they, I mean, I remember there's yeah. an assassin in Hard Boiled who flips at the end, and there's actually weight to it because the guy flips. And here, Travolta is just like he just to me, it's like oh, somebody should have caught this like like three months before this actual event took place because he's so evil and mustache twirly. Like, how do you, how do you not it's, see this coming? <laughs> it's very funny. Like 
that he like was planning this and he yeah he's so evil but then it's like for like three four five months he's still living his regular everyday life mm-hmm. and like acting like he's a good guy friends with people and things like i don't know like going to birthday parties and and he's a creep like he's a creep the entire way through that's that's kind of the the bad part is is there's <laughs> the there's switch one i probably froze as well oh what's up okay, okay. yeah i saw you froze on me for a second <laughs> you froze on me um yeah. yeah i i i feel like a big failure on the on the air force for missing this <laughs> all all of the telltale signs is something bad is going to happen with, with uh, but, uh, uh deke but it's a well, the very first goof on IMDb, like a goof's trivia section. The very first goof. Uh, Air Force pilots not allowed to box <laughs> due to the <laughs> risk of head injury. And if they do sustain like a concussion, they like on like the not like do not do not allow to yeah, fly, fly list or yeah. yeah list until they get like medically cleared. <laughs> they, like, <laughs> I, I would bet that's a rule for even commercial airlines, um, not which, even just the. <laughs> <laughs> which also like I yeah like. It feels silly when you some of the John Woo action flourishes and things that like are just there because like they're kind of cool or things that, like would be impossible. Like, yeah, you don't need to nitpick things in this. Like, it, 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 that, that was that was where I was starting to go with it, and I was like, it, I, this movie is not designed to have that level of criticism level, you know, pushed on it. That's not fair yeah. for me to do that. It's a, uh, it, it's it's designed to be a fun popcorn movie. Um, which is again, it goes back to it's interesting how much how different this is for for Wu. I feel like there's a lot of emotional weight in moments in the killer and hard boiled and, and a better tomorrow. That here there really is never a moment where you'd have any kind of emotional weight other than Hale beats Deke, and that's kind of the the big punch, you know. No yeah, because like part of the boxing, well, the one it's gonna they're gonna have to fight each other at the end, so it's kind of like oh, Hale finally. Hale is Christian Slater's character is going to be have to fight so they, this guy he could never beat in the ring but then have to face him again with big stakes in the line and then they do this like $20 bet thing throughout the movie that like progressively gets weirder as the st- actual stakes <laughs> get bigger and I guess like, for some of it they needed there's they needed a little more stakes for Hale of what beating like deacons as a boxing match would actually mean to him yeah because agreed. it doesn't feel like that consequential in his love it's like he seems pretty okay with that like yeah man like you're a lot better at boxing than i am like i don't really care <laughs> and then like the emotional crux of the movie comes down to them boxing and it's like well yeah this is pretty important we don't have a nuclear weapon detonate <laughs> um that 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 that's that's where i think it it does struggle quite a bit is not having to your point not having anything to give you weight um at the end then it just makes hail a piece of shit because he's like well i'm gonna throw my gun down instead of disarming this nuclear weapon i'm gonna i'm gonna get a fist fight let's just see how it turns out yeah you need more of a rivalry between them or at least a plausible one outside of um uh travolta tried to kill him and they 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 were supposedly play boxing at the beginning. Yeah. And there's a crowd of people around them, like watching, trying watching. to get, like they are pumped to see them beat the shit out of each other. It's, it's pretty fun. But I guess I would well, be guys, too. If I'm like, the shit out of hail again. Yeah, it's like, 
I, I feel like they would be like washouts, like like every like all of the really good pilots. Like, oh, look at these two dipshits! Like, <laughs> watch, the, watch these guys get dishonorably discharged for beating each other up. Uh it's fantastic. Um, yeah. So I, I, uh, I think you're right. the The analogy for me never quite lands. I like, I like the shot, the overhead shot of of them boxing as the opening and it's a fun intro to the credits, but then the analogy itself just never sticks the landing for me at any point in time. And, and again, I go back to all these huge events happen and <clears throat> each event, Christian Bale's taking $20 out of his wallet, wallet and putting it down symbolically to say he lost the round. Yeah. Like, you beat like, me. Yeah. <laughs> it, it's like, all right, buddy, like <clears throat> maybe you should focus on what you should be doing. Like you're doing your job instead of, uh, uh, Oh, I lost my bet. I'm like, I think the stakes are a little higher than twenty dollars. Right, like that, that's no longer the stakes here. Like, <laughs> yeah. really like, um, and it did, but also the boxing has an important kind of moment for later in the movie where Travolta's explaining the rope dope to Slater of like whatever I'm like you think I'm doing, you got to be ready for the opposite, or like basically like I'm pl- like playing mind games with you where it pays off later where, um. Hale figures out. I was like, oh, he like left false clues to see like, oh, he's, they're taking this to Salt Lake City. And if that's what he left it uh, for us to easily see, that means he's definitely not doing that. In, and uh, he's going to Denver. Yeah. How do I know? Because of Muhammad Ali. <laughs> One of my favorite scenes is it's um, Delroy Lindo is like an Air Force on a colonel, general, whatever. Um, higher up and uh, Hale's explained to him like why, like you know, no, no, he's he's tricking us into thinking he's going uh, to Salt Lake City. It's the rope dope in Orlando is the rope dope, and Christian Slater starts explaining what a rope dope is. He's like, yeah, the it's like what, what Muhammad Ali did. He's like, Orlando <laughs> like, I, I know, I know what it is. I know that, and, but it also you know, like Christian Slater is about is like not mansplaining, but it's like white mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. It's like like hey, dumbass. Like yeah, I know about Muhammad Ali. <laughs> like yeah, it's like. I, I got it, by you, you calm down. All right, you, you, all right, tell me where he's going. You take me there. <laughs> yeah, I I um he Delroy Lindo is a guy who I really enjoy him and everything he's in, and it's like not long after this he just disappears, which I it sucks because That's I it. he goes to TV. I think I, I looked it up. It looks like he has a kid in two thousand one, and then uh, and then he just he's he's been in a number of things recently. Um, I haven't seen him in much. I think I saw him come. I thought he died at one point because I just didn't see him in anything. He was in everything for like five years, <clears throat> and then he 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 disappears. I feel like from at least from major stuff. And then you're right. I did see him in something, but I I, I like Delroy Lindo a lot. I think. Oh man, yeah, I love him. He brings a lot of weight, a lot of it feels like a lot of chops to whatever role he's in. But he he's kind of feels like. When he's talking to Christian Slater, like he is the only adult in the room at the end. <laughs> he's almost like got like, too much gonna... like gravitas. Yeah. When it's, it's like, oh man, you're not out like like the Hale character. It's like you're outclassed at the moment with this guy. Like, yeah. Um, well, he's great in um recently the Spike Lee movie Five Bloods. Uh, yeah, I thought I, he got robbed of like an Oscar nominee for that because he was phenomenal in that movie. And then uh did this uh western the harder they fall which is also really good i recommend it. i think it's a netflix movie um interesting um interesting. but yeah if you want to see him 
uh, I, uh, I, will, I will go back and watch that. I was watching um, uh, The Killer last. I got I haven't finished it yet, but I got about two-thirds of the way through The Killer. Oh, the new David Fincher? Yeah. When, yeah, I really liked that. I saw it. I watched it um, Friday. Is I haven't, I haven't finished it yet. I, I think I have maybe 30 or 45 minutes left. It's good. It's really good. I really, I, I like it a lot. It reminds me of, um, it has the feel and look of uh, Fincher movies from the 90s. Um, hmm. And uh, uh, it's, um, I'm, I'm the word diarrhea. It, it's just, it's, it's interesting to see a movie that's, told the way it is it, they don't give the audience everything you have to actually intuit and figure stuff out of what it is i mean yeah of like what like what's going on and, and why what his motivations are and, and what he's trying to accomplish i like that i just i'm surprised because movies just aren't made like that anymore it feels like so um but then i saw an interview with fincher and i'm not sure if he was just kissing ass but he said netflix is like where you go to if you want to make a movie with this little interference as possible in 2023 i'm like oh it's probably true because i think he did the manx and he did something else on netflix right uh mindhunter oh yeah mindhunter that's great great series i wish they yeah had, yeah they really good wish it. they we yeah, really wish they'd <laughs> done another season uh, all the tv shows i really like just don't seem to survive and i, I don't know if it's like a taste I mean, thing for me but yeah a lot of that is i mean if it's on netflix they're famously <laughs> almost their business model is <laughs> not giving things like third seasons um, because I think that's when, oh, they're well. I think that's part of the recent strike. Money. Is they every oh they pay get you get paid because I think that's the model in TV was like the first two seasons you don't really make that much, but then once it's a hit, everyone starts getting paid. And so that's just kind of how he, like contracts had developed over time. And so when people would sign for like TV shows like Netflix and like, that's what the language was. Cause that's what it had always been. Yeah. And then, but then Netflix would just be like, okay, now it's getting expensive. So we're going to cancel it because it really doesn't help us. This, so we don't well. make more, we don't make more money. <laughs> Cause yeah, yeah, yeah. this is not like a big hit with like, so you're selling like more expensive ads or things. Um, we're getting, like getting higher ratings on Netflix doesn't really matter to Netflix in like a weird way and so it's like oh this is just more expensive so we're gonna stop making it um so that unless you're like stranger things level um you're kind of doomed by <laughs> and that's also what fucked people over in their careers is like this is where i'm supposed to make money i made a hit show <laughs> like <laughs> it's a bummer because i uh they did that with the winning time on on hbo and uh that really pissed me off because i really enjoyed that show they got the they got the second season and then i, I remember ann and i watched the last what was supposed to be the last episode of the season and they do this weird recap and it's like oh it's just done like they just they just wrapped yeah. up the entire show and 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 didn't i think because they knew they weren't coming back yeah yeah they had shot an alternate ending anyway it's just i don't know anyway um sorry i took us way down a rabbit hole uh <laughs> delroy lindo love him yeah great <laughs> yeah yeah i didn't think i you know he's doesn't get a lot to do in this but he's great like in <laughs> that's the only thing that bummed me out about this is his send-off is like completely unceremonious he <clears throat> he's an integral part to hale actually getting back to the train where travolta's trying to smuggle the nukes or the the, the remaining nuke and then uh he just crashes into a mountain blows up <laughs> it's like, yeah hey, it's done. Like, done. it felt like <laughs> He should have been there to pick him up in the helicopter afterwards or something. Yeah, like, yeah. 
that's when it was again where it felt like they they had done a lot of work to establish him as an actual likable two dimensional three dimensional character in this, and they immediately just get rid of it. <laughs> like, just yeah, like, gone. Don't get it. Yeah, yeah. So another character who they uh, the studio liked so much, they added a uh, had them add more of him. Howie uh, Long. One Mr. Howie Long. Long. Yep. <laughs> Badness. He's really not no, bad. No, And what my favorite scene of him, and I was like, oh my god, like this is like perfect use of somebody like this. So there's a scene. So he kind of he betrays and kills like his squad team or uh, something, and, and as we find out, he's Von, part of Deacon's plan. Bondy Curtis Hall. I know, poor guy. <laughs> um, Die Hard Two Forever. That's right. Um. Uh, uh, but so Howie Long betrays his in on the plan with Deacons is helping him steal his nuclear weapons because he's part of the team that gets sent out to track him down in that. And so he's it's part of the plan is he's going to call in and be like, everyone, like everyone's dead. Like one of like the core is open, oh, like the radiation yeah. and like, but so when he's doing that, it's like, oh, this is hilarious because like, they give this guy who's not really an actor and they're having him play a character who is acting, but not doing that good at like doing a <laughs> decent job of it. It's like, but like if this is like a real actor, like he could sell this like properly, like yes. and make it believable. But like, he's like doing this the way, like the, in the, the world of the movie, he's like, Oh, this character is just an army guy. And now he needs to try to like act. And so his acting is like very appropriate. His like abilities are very appropriate to exactly what you, this character yeah. would be able to do. Like he wouldn't be able to like give an Oscar winning monologue. Like he would give this like kind of cheesy, like over the top delivery. Like and so it's like very funny. It's like, oh, that's a perfect use of someone who's not like his big lines in the movie are he is not acting well and it works for his character in the movie. Yeah, I, I it definitely was. I was I was ready to just be like, all right, Howie Long is going to be terrible in this, and <laughs> oh, yeah, he's solid. No, he he's he gives this movie exactly the energy I think. It's like Howie Long might have been the only person who understood the type of movie he was actually in, whether intentional <laughs> or unintentional. He 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 lands it pretty well, I think, with um with what what's on the page versus what's being asked of him. Like I I, I give him credit. I I was definitely going to be too hard on him if I had. Yeah, he was he was there to have fun. <laughs> yes, and uh, I I like him, and it's funny to me that he. I was kind of wondering about that. I'm like, because I remember he was hyped up as part of the movie too. I remember that being a big out. thing. Yeah, yeah, because <laughs> he was in all. I think he was in all of the trailers, like that that thing of him going, "Deke, you the man," and like that's like in every trailer. <laughs> and um, I it was funny to me that he he's like not the final bad guy, but he is like the, the uh, penultimate final bad guy. So he actually makes yeah, yeah. it all the way to the end, which you typically think like something like this, they would have killed him off a long time ago. So I, I was wondering if the studio had been like, all right, we got something with Howie Long. We're going to, we're going to really go and make this into a, a Howie Long launch vehicle. If we need to. <laughs> I mean, two years later, they make Firestorm. Firestorm. I, I was just looking. I've when are we doing that? that? <laughs> up on Letterboxd. I've never seen Firestorm. I cannot say I have either that that I that I can recall. 
I, I I think that's why he's good in this. Is like he's play, he's he's able to play up to being kind of a good number two. Yeah, uh, uh, in an but it's insane. Movie. Like, like Broken Arrow is literally what got him high. Like Fox, like they really just liked him. It was like, no, let's give him a shot at like. <laughs> at so there's like, man, he probably needed a few more reps of uh, being the <laughs> number two guy in something before he just met, put him in the lead role. Yeah, I. I... And I, what is the ratio of athletes successfully converting over to to action, like acting? <laughs> I'm not going to count Schwarzenegger because I think that's kind of a different class. But like, yeah, I don't. I, we'd seen the OJ experiment at this point. We know how that ended, so it's not. Um, <laughs> I mean, it went pretty well for like the movie, like uh, acting and things. Yeah, up until about Naked Gun two and a half, I think it was fine. <clears throat> got got a little weird after that. Um. Yeah, so I, I like Harry Long in this. I, it, it was a pleasant surprise. I, I haven't seen this in a couple of years, and I'm like, yeah, he's good. He, he's he's giving this movie exactly the energy it needs, and he's yeah, a fun yeah, he's, guy, he's got a great screen presence. And they don't make him do dumb football bullshit to like, like there's never like a yeah. he has to like throw a nuke or like tackle somebody <laughs> with a nuclear weapon. Like they never make him do his football stuff. I'm like, okay, that's good. Like you're right. They never give him like <laughs> a, no some weird line of like, yeah, like we gotta get this to the end zone. Like <laughs> like yeah, like Deke, I'm gonna call this on roughing the passer. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. Because there's always a temptation where people force those in when they do this. And <laughs> I uh yeah I'm glad I'm glad that we don't we don't get that. I was um yeah, anyway, I was I was just I was happy to see like he didn't do that bad of a, a job. Uh he's got a crazy name. Uh Howard Matthew Moses Long. <laughs> Damn interesting. Long, man. Yeah. Um but yeah, so it, it was fun. It was fun to see him in this. And then uh he really doesn't ever do a movie after like Firestorm and after two thousand one, he's pretty done with acting. Yeah, he's just like a voice in some things or pops up as himself or like, but yeah, he kinda I'm wondering if uh, if after that he's he's, he's probably doing <clears throat> is he doing like uh, commentating at that point or at well, least he's I, doing like intros for right like, I think he was sports. in like the Fox Studio show yeah. and Seven probably was making a ton of money doing that it's like yeah I'll stick with this and I, I think like Firestorm was not like <laughs> a, a huge success or anything so I think they were uh, he was suddenly going to get back to being small yeah, no, minor characters and like. Or people were like, "All right, the Howie Long experiment that didn't work out, and everyone was moving on." Uh yeah, it's weird. I had a, I had him as being a Green Bay guy, and I was completely off. He was a oh, yeah. he was Raiders for his entire career. Indeed, turns up I don't know shit. You dumb motherfucker. Yeah, I am. I'm sorry. <laughs> that, I'm sorry. that was maybe a little harsh. I don't know. <laughs> maybe too far. I'm sorry. Um, yeah. Okay. So okay, okay. Oops. No, I was gonna say I feel we need to hit uh some more things we do like in this movie. <laughs> I yeah, I, I, I do love this movie. <laughs> I do too. It's easy to make fun of now, especially in hindsight. This was a huge right. deal when it came out, and uh I, I mm-hmm. still I don't think you get as much as you do in other woo stuff, but I still like the choreography of the action sequences. I still like all of the John Woo-ness of it, like the fight and the the shootout in the mine. Um the ending, I think the ending fight sequence on the train is all really good. I, I I thought the stunts were really good. I thought it it feels well made and it feels like this. I think this had a fifty or fifty five million dollar budget. I feel like a lot of that's on the on the on the screen. I don't feel like you're missing anything. 
So how about you? I, I yeah, I'm not trying to just dump on old old John Woo. I'm just uh yeah. Yeah. So in my at the end of my notes, I sent you, I kind of the oh, like, I have a hard time talking about it because everything I like, you could also kind of make the mm-hmm. same criticism of. Yeah. And so when I'm like, yeah, I really like the action too. It's like, but then I'm gonna be like, yeah, but it kind of feels unearned for the characters <laughs> in this movie that they're suddenly doing John Woo action. <laughs> um, but it, it feels like a. <laughs> Hale in particular maybe saw uh, hard boiled too many times and <laughs> <laughs> took it too far. And it is so everything he does is like just lifting from that movie of <laughs> um, two handed guns and like jumping off things. Like, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I don't think they teach you that in the Air Force. I could be um, wrong, but yeah, but they do have the cool stuff. And like, so like the mine, which I, I think was nominated for uh, an MTV movie award for best action sequence <laughs> of the year, it's just. <laughs> Um, which I, this era, like I know it's kind of somewhat our age, but like the MTV Movie Awards, kind of being a big thing, seems so insane. In like it, it was a big deal. <laughs> like, but I, I I remember it. It was a big deal to me. Like I remember being, I would watch them. Like Travolta was nominated Best Villain, and like yeah, it's like I remember the year they did. Um, I think it was speaking of John Woo. It was it was a John Woo movie. They did Mission Impossible too. And they did this skit where it was Ben Stiller pretending to be yeah, that's a Tom great, Cruise's a um, great stunt, stunt devil. devil. Yeah, and he changed his name to Tom Cruise, but it's spelled like C R U Z E or something yeah. like that. <laughs> I was like, and that's, I guess that's to your point. Like, if if people were trying to understand it today, the MTV Movie Awards were like for kids, at least. I thought <clears throat> like a re- like I remember talking about it at school the next day, and people being like, "Oh, you see this? You see that? It was funny." Like they did skits, it was it was good. It, it, well, it was it, huge because it felt like, oh, like the Oscars are like for old people. Yes, like those movies, and like, and then it's like, oh, these are finally celebrating like the movies we love and like yes. mattered to us, and like, yeah. There's there was it was it felt like representation of uh, of of important movies, and, and it was about what we were watching, not not what our parents were watching. Yeah, um, which I guess is like a pretty short window because I mean. I, like not too many years after this, um, like we probably are caring more about those movies that are Oscar nominated. Oh yeah, no, we were definitely getting to the obnoxious college age where uh, uh, we have pretentious taste and everything. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, but so I think I do like really love some of the action stuff in in this, and it's um really good. And then they got the the fun like John Woo stuff where like the mine. Um, there's like a little cave in and so they have to have the dialogue back and forth between it's like the John Woo's family is always like characters talking between a wall uh, yes. can't get to each other but they kind of do that in the mine where like they're in the cave and they can't get to each other um, and are having the dialogue back and forth of like the friends <laughs> who are now going to have a, the face off um, yeah no pun intended of uh no i think that's exactly what's being uh set up here is is the pun is intended and i would even <laughs> say it's a foreshadowing uh um, except and then, uh, the cliche of of them there being a uh, what do you call it a mirror for them to look at uh, of each other is not here that's the only, only downside yeah and i i do love travolta's performance in this i love some of the lines they give him uh, there are times in it where I'm like, I kind of wish they were giving him more like dialogue to cook with here. Um, Cause he's just like going so big and over the top. And it's like, 
yeah, that's exactly what this movie needs. If he was playing this like low key, like trying to be like subtle, like this would all feel so flat and like no stakes or anything. Like, but like, it's him carrying the movie just with the like, charisma and like being a crazy villain that is making all of this entertaining. That's a hot, you're a hundred percent. That's a hundred percent it. I, I, I was ready to like make fun of Travolta when I was watching this. And then I, I, the more I thought about it, the more I'm like, he, he's kind of the only person bringing personality on any level. Every, uh, if, if you didn't have him, it, this would be just kind of a down the, down the middle action movie with a, a crazy plot. So I, 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 I you're right. Um, props to, to Travolta for, for bringing some, some wild energy to this. because The movie kind of yeah. needed it. Well, that's why you feel like for like face off. It's just like this is what worked in this. That's yep. just like if we can do that, if we can double down on that. Like we're gonna have something. <laughs> like, and they did. <laughs> they got something already. Yeah. Well, I think it's also with Travolta because you know famously have had many ups and downs in his career, but you're getting um at that time it'd be like a thing where like even for like our parents when they oh we're getting oh like John Travolta gives a crazy performance in this like you know like not bad like good but he's really going for it it kind of crosses generations of oh i kind of want to see that like i kind of yeah. want to see travolta uh, going like balls to the wall of of acting you want to see danny zuko take a uh, nuclear weapon in the gut all right <laughs> yeah. i got the movie for you ma <laughs> <laughs> um no i i, I uh, you know what? Uh, one thing I was going to say, this is going to sound like a criticism. It's not, I guess it's just a comment. No doves, if I'm not mistaken. No doves, which is weird. Really? For, for John, I don't think there's any, I think the butterflies are the closest you get. Yeah, for a while I was watching for him. Um, because it became such and a And they kind of forgot his, about his it. Because they're, they're sure as hell in a face off in Mission Impossible 2. <laughs> and they're in, um, they're in uh, uh, Hard Target. Yeah. But I'm trying. To, yeah, you're. I mean, the butterflies are. That's probably the closest somewhat, I could think of where it's yeah. it's a very uh, obvious reference. But but yeah, I don't. I don't. I think we were robbed of. Uh, <laughs> you're, yeah, <laughs> robbed yeah. Of, is, I kind of forgot about it watching for a while, and then uh, I can't really think of a time like they would have felt out of place almost always. And I, I wonder too if like they're just like well, doves don't live in like the American Southwest desert. Like why would there be doves? <laughs> and like. Just that so was something of like, no, we're not doing that. <laughs> so you think we're still we're still somewhat grounded in all of this uh, uh, as a as an audience for for why we can't have doves. A hundred percent. I I appreciate the realism. Realistic. Yeah, yeah, I appreciate the realism they're they're going for here. It's there all the way through. <laughs> Commitment to realism. <laughs> um, I, I I will say I I things things I liked I. I like Kirkwood Smith in this or Kurtwood Smith in this. I think all of the war room stuff is unintentionally hilarious. Um, but I really enjoy it. There, there was one scene where I think it's where uh Travolta's message of of basically the ransom is being delivered, and it starts with this long shot, and the camera's at the far end of this conference table in the war room, and it just pans or or not pans, but just it just glides down the uh the conference room to get to to Kurtwood Smith and the other the guy who plays the bad cop in um, Super Troopers. I Super Troopers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's all I know him as. 
And, well, you've uh, seen him in like a million things as well. Yeah, right? like yeah. I think he was, he was George Costanza's boss for like a season of Seinfeld. Oh, yes, that's right. <laughs> oh man, I kind of I kind of um, blanked that that out of. He's the guy that, uh, that George uh, copies the, uh, or he 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 steals the guy's photo and the Photoshop himself out, and then Kramer fucks it up and makes him like a cartoon of himself. Um, but yeah, I uh, so he's got... Daniel Von Bargain. Yeah, that guy. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I I enjoyed it because they show him, they show them both sitting at the far end of the table, but they're sitting so far back in their fucking chairs that it looks like they're they're standing on their knees. Like at the end of the table, like you can barely see their heads over the top of the of the table. But um, I, something about Kurtwood Smith's energy in this just I really enjoy. It's just like every time he's like Giles, he just he just has this really I don't know. He's just kind of this real scene chewing type of stuff he's doing here, and it's just it feels like they paid him for two days' work and they they strung <laughs> it out for like one third of what this movie actually is. Yeah, I think that's something they this has a ton of actors in it that you just know from like a million things and who are all doing like great work, you know, who are well cast and like because they're just cast as like, oh, like you need like an army colonel, an older army colonel, like that guy will nail it. And they just have all this. <laughs> it feels like you're kind of getting like nostalgia for like six other movies when you're watching it as well. It's like, oh, I've seen that guy and like four other things basically play this role. And like, oh, I just kind of love, I love this. I love this vibe. Yeah. Give me uh, all the vibes. So I always think of Kurtwood Smith, oh, obviously is uh, um, Clarence Bodinger. Oh, <laughs> but then like Frank Whaley's in this, which we haven't even talked about him, but Frank Whaley <laughs> Like will forever just be the guy from Pulp Fiction, uh, just the Marcel's walk like a bitch <laughs> guy, and and like I don't know him, I I know of him from other stuff. I don't, I couldn't tell you anything else he's really been in though. I just Pulp Fiction is what jumps out at me. Um, we already talked about uh, Frank Whaley, or excuse me, uh, Delroy Lindo, but um, the other one is uh, Bob Gutton, who plays Mister Pritchett in this, <laughs> and that guy has just made a career out of just playing like high status like uppity douchebags like that's like his yeah. entire 90s run is just that which probably isn't fair for him to say something like that but he plays kind of this high status annoying cop and demolition man he's a similar role as part with one of the bad guys in uh ace ventura 2 and this he's kind of this <laughs> sniveling uh well, I financed this operation, so I'm in charge, bad guy. But yeah, the cast in this, you're right. It's just a, I mean, the warden in Shaw- Shawshank. He's a warden Shawshank. Uh, yeah, I mean, like just a ton and ton of people. Yeah, and what I, I love about uh, sorry, I was gonna, I was gonna give no, go, a little go, go, more go. on uh, Bob Gutton, but I love, I love when he's killed in this because so he's the money behind this plan, and and but Travolta and him are always butting heads because Travolta's like, this is a military operation. You don't know shit about this. Like, I am running this. Like, stay out of our way. You will get what you want, but like, you can't like micromanage every time something doesn't go right. Um, and he's like a constant, like, just nag on like Travolta. Like, Deacons feels like 
he's also having a great time doing this. It feels like, even though like, like when he's going head to head with Hale and like Hale is like thwarting the plan, but then Deacon's like, now I got to improvise and like come up with something new. He's like, I'm having a great time. This is a great day. And then this fucking guy is coming in and like raining on my parade. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, and so you can just feel like, oh, Travolta is murdering this guy at some point into the point where like, as the audience, like, you kind of start getting annoyed with uh with Pritchett throughout, and like you're kind of now waiting, like, oh, I can't wait for them to like kill this guy. <laughs> like, hey man, like we're all trying to have a good time here. Like, <laughs> I was uh yeah, I was I was happy to see him get get killed, and it's pretty it's a pretty brutal kill too. Yeah, he gets I forget what he hits him with. It's like a pipe or something. It's like a, right to the I think it's a, a metal flashlight hits him right okay, in the throat. yeah right in the throat, and then uh and he just sits there dead for a while. <laughs> And then when they're getting ready to drive off, it's like Travolta, like, like, like Mr. Pritchett, would you mind exiting the vehicle? <laughs> like, just, like shoves him out. I uh, talking to the cast. I had one question for you. And what is uh, the Star Trek connection to all of it? <laughs> oh man, I forget to look. There's got to be one. All right. Well, I'm gonna. You want me to just give you some time to look that up? I, I figured it was actually Bob Gutton was probably a good candidate uh i don't I think, think he gonna be... i'm gonna say he was in the next generation uh i don't think it's howie long that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> hey you never know i would have loved right, it if howie long had been on the star trek enterprise i think that would have been a fascinating uh fascinating crossover but um yeah i was trying to think like yeah yeah he's a bob gutton captain benjamin maxwell uh star trek next generation I was wondering too if some um, of the other bad guys, uh, like I, I, I think like, that's why I didn't look. It's just like too easy on this one. Like, easy, yeah, I was wondering be if like six uh, others. I bet Vondi Curtis Hall was on an episode two. I feel like he was kind of a guy who, for where his career was this time, he, we may have even talked about this on when we did Die Hard too. But it does feel like he was probably in that in that sphere of like guys who did star trek <laughs> at least for like an episode or it felt like around that you just saw him in like kind of everything was just like well, a real go-to i was thinking he was in he's in a small part in coming to america uh because he plays one of the zamunda citizens that lives in new york who recognizes eddie murphy and then i know him from that and then die hard too but i don't i don't know him from anything else and i'm trying to think don't of... think he was ever in star trek um no i think okay. he was consistently getting movie stuff so he probably never did a Never did TV. TV. And Christian Slater's in um Star Trek four in like a real small role. Really? Um I think he was just a fan and like willing to show up for uh is it four or five? Let me see. Let me look at what. Um but yeah, he's a, he's in one of the Star Trek movies. It's just like a random, like it kind of takes you out of it. But now when you watch it, it's like, wait, Christian Slater? Like, why is he in this scene? There was something I saw. Oh, he he's tagged and has a credit in Austin Powers, and I'm like, what? All right, Star he, Trek Six, he's in. Yeah. But. Um, what do you think? Like, what do you think was going on? Like, picking him, I, I I don't mind Christian Slater. I just don't find him very charismatic. Uh, as a as, a as a lead. Yeah, it's almost like he'd been successful, and they were still trying to figure out like, and like at these time, these action movies were so big. So trying to figure out what to do with him. He's also hitting a point where a lot of times he played a younger character and now he's hitting where it's like, well, he can't really play that teenager anymore quite. So he's got to kind of be more twenties, more adult, but then it's like, Oh yeah. I don't know. I think Hollywood is trying to figure out like this guy's kind of a star and a big deal, but like, we don't really know what to put him in. Yeah. Like I, I just, 
uh, again, I don't mind him, but I just don't. Th- he's probably not who they should have, who they should have picked. Like around this same time, I liked him in. Um, again, he has a very small role in it, but Interview with a Vampire, like as the as the journalist interviewing Brad Pitt's character, thought that was a fun, like cameo of sorts for him. But I'm trying to think of who else I would put in this role in 1990s. I was thinking about that too. Cause it's got to be someone on the younger side. It feels like for what the role is, like you couldn't put like Nicolas Cage in it. Like it would probably not because he's doing the rock. I mean, I mean, I guess you, you could, but it kind of wouldn't make sense for the characters. <clears throat> you need someone who is still a little younger. That feels um, um, also. Oh, Kurtwood Smith is the Federation president in Star Trek Six. Um, of course he is. <laughs> Uh, sorry, I, they, they think that's why like, like all these people are in Star Trek. That's um, I was like, I was thinking like this got to be like a glut of Star Trek people. In yeah. This, <laughs> in this movie. Um. I, all right, I'm, I'm going to look at like what a young George Clooney kind of work, uh, or is he going to be too? To pick, he feels like he was always older <laughs> than Christian Slater, like but like in a weird way of. Um, yeah, Keanu I, I, Reeves. I think he could be good. I don't. Well, I struggle with Keanu Reeves, and this is not criticism. I don't think he's going to be able to bring the same energy level or match the same energy level of Travolta. That's Travolta's at like an eleven, the whole movie. Yeah, young Brad Pitt. Yeah, but then this is actually becomes like a really good movie. Or <laughs> <laughs> well, I was going to say similarly, um, younger Edward Norton. <laughs> I could see Ed Norton that being an interesting one. I don't know if you would have gotten it pull, pulled it off before Fight Club, but I think that would have been an interesting, interesting movie. I just think um, Slater's too; his energy levels are just too low, and not you know it's just kind of how he is. It doesn't quite match what you need in terms of bringing yeah, so, intensity and an interesting leading character. Yeah. So we, when we did Speed, and actually this is the same uh, um, writer as Speed, um, Graham Yost. Um, so I guess this was like on a hot script because it was it was kind of coming off speed success. Um, but we were talking about in that one, um, God, I'm blanking. Who directed Speed? Uh, John DeBont. Or Jan, yeah, yeah. Jan yeah. And that he was telling Keanu Reeves, like, when you're making these action movies, everything's big and heightened. So your performance kind of needs to reflect that. And it feels like no one told Christian Slater that. that That's a good point. You got to like, th- everything is this is a big heightened world and you kind of need to match that in performance. And it might feel like you're doing too much and going too big, but that's what this is. Like, and like Travolta definitely got the, cut the memo. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Which he, um, he's, he's on a good run here. I mean, this is him like post. Oh uh, yeah. This is, he's, ba- he's back to being like a big time A-list <laughs> movie star. Didn't make any good movies when he's doing this, but hey, he was uh, <laughs> he was on the way back. Harsh, harsh. Um, <clears throat> no, I'm kidding. He, uh, he, he. I, I'm glad we got a, a research. Yeah, actually, um, I obviously like Pulp Fiction, great movie. But post Pulp Fiction, I wonder what the best movie is he did during this run. Um, I guess maybe Get Shorty. Get but Shorty that's is right Get Shorty is probably <clears throat> probably one. Um, no, but I wonder then if it's face off. <laughs> oh, that's I, right. I mean, then there's some you gotta. I don't know if you really count. Like he's in the thin red line, but like, 
I, I saw that once. I don't remember even him being. He must have like a support, like a very small support. Yeah, there's like a million people in that that are. Yeah, that's that's why I was, like, I was yeah. thinking. What's I, I mean, your What's your opinion of Swordfish? <clears throat> uh, I 100 percent only watched it to see how he buries boobs when I was a kid. Like that was <laughs> that was like the biggest hype of that movie. What, I mean, was it everything you hoped for? <laughs> Yeah, they were fantastic. It was, it was, All right. it was fantastic. I'm glad, I'm glad you weren't disappointed. Um, but I mean, that was what they were teasing the whole movie around. I think they knew that it was like, we, we don't have something good. But I would argue that Travolta at this point, when he plays villains, like he's kind of the same villain in this and Face Off and Sword, and Swordfish where he's just the big Travolta just, performance. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like he's mugging for the camera on on a lot of the stuff he's doing. All of his he's got kind of big, almost pantomime style movements and how he carries himself. And he always seems to play like the smartest guy in the room for the for the villain. And it I, I don't know. It's but sort of, I, I, sort, I think he's pretty good at that playing like oh like I'm like three steps ahead of everything. And so like yeah. Like this plan is like I'm full head on doing a plan that's actually like not the plan that I'm really working towards something else. And like, yeah, they mm-hmm. he kind of like he does he does sell that pretty well of that you believe. <laughs> he does. I mean and, and he's he's in, he's in the Punisher, which was pretty horrible. Um yeah. and I think he's just charismatic enough. Like he's got that charisma where you believe like people are following him along with these crazy plans. Like you kind of uh, don't question yeah. that, like he could convince Howie Long to steal nuclear weapons with him. Uh, yeah, true, true. <laughs> Up until he's going to detonate one, and Howie Long is like, "Uh, wait, wait, wait a minute, we're going to die in five minutes." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like that. I like that. I like that Howie Long is calling bullshit on his plan. Like, where I didn't sign up yeah. for this. But this is not what we're doing. And but I think you need a little more of that type of. Okay, Travolta is truly a crazy guy earlier on like it, he seems to have it all together uh up until that moment and then and then that's when you see him tip into to just being yeah. insane and I, I wish they had they had maybe given you a little bit more of that ahead of uh, yeah just at least a scene earlier where it's like because he feels like he totally has all his shit together and so then when it all falls apart and he's like all right i'm just gonna die it kind of feels like yeah it's when did he like i kind of don't believe someone this crazy could also have orchestrated <laughs> All of this, the yeah. organization required to like to pull all this off, or like, um, or have seen like I don't know, like some indication that like if this doesn't work out, like Endgame was always just like, well, that'll be it no, for me. I'm just gonna kill myself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah but... I'm going all in on. I'm either gonna get millions of dollars, or I'm done. <laughs> uh yeah, I, I, that doesn't feel like the same character from from what this is. I will say this did make me want to go back and, and watch Blowout. Um, I haven't seen it in a couple of years now. And, you know, Travolta, Travolta, Travolta is a good actor. You, you know, I, I think too much of the latter part of his career overshadows a lot of the stuff he did early on. And uh, this might be yeah, one of his movies. That's almost <laughs> one where it's like crazy to go back and see him giving like that performance versus like the years of like over the top villain performances. Uh, yeah. Like it's, it's, um, I I like the earlier Travolta. I'm, I'm sure a lot of people, a lot of people would say the same thing, but but I I also do feel like he definitely hit a sweet spot with this type of role where he's like I can just do this for for forever, and he kind of does play these crazy villains from here on out after this. 
Yeah, it's always kind of people are going to him for like the big, the big triple, which it seems to happen to almost like all actors who become movie stars. It's like, oh, we're very like we're not going to you for any like interesting, subtle performances. Like we just want the big, we just want the big like thing you can do. It's like, all right, I I can do it. I'll give you something big, all right. Um, this is also pre battleship or battle. Yeah, Battlefield Earth. Battlefield Earth. <laughs> yeah. Just, I forgot. I always forget. I'm like, why did Travolta's career not do something more? I'm like, oh, that's right. Scientology. <laughs> that was <laughs> yeah. a, a weird detour for him in the late 90s up through the kind of double down on it. <laughs> yeah. He really doubled down on it and, and nobody else was on board with him. So um I think that that definitely hurt him more than than we realize sometimes. Yeah. Have you seen Battlefield Earth? It's been a long. It's probably been at least twenty years. Yeah, I remember that being bad and not like fun bad, just like boring bad. Well, I think like, it's like two and a half hours, and it's it's like two and a half hours, and it's boring. Here, let me look. I'm on Letterbox right now. He plays Turtle. <laughs> um, <laughs> whew, it's got a one point three rating average. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's 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 170 minutes. It uh, probably is. After being captured, it's up to a man, up to Tyler to save mankind. Tyler. Wow, I gotta. I I do want to go back and watch this, but I'm like to your point. I don't know if I have two hours. Like, I yeah, like, I feel like every now and then I caught on TV or something, but like, oh, this might be the kind of fun. And it's like, oh, then this is just like bad, bad. Like <laughs> this is not. <laughs> this is not fun. <laughs> Yeah, it's yeah. Ugh. Okay. Uh moving on, moving on, moving on. Uh no more Scientology. So um <laughs> Well, I, I did enjoy uh the Howie Long Wilhelm scream being inserted in here, <laughs> even though it has no relevance or no bearing on what Howie Long's voice sounds in this. I think there was just some sort of uh mandate that I, that feels like a woo comment of like I'm gonna find a way to use the Wilhelm scream. Dream of this. It's in like there. a filmmaker. Yeah, like I'm gonna get it in this movie somehow. It's it's interesting they added more Howie Long because he's in like the final scenes. That's um, what I'm saying he's the he's the penultimate bad guy. With uh yeah, and it's it's actually it'd be weird if he if there wasn't somebody there. So I wonder if there's another character that he got those scenes from because there's a a never ending supply of like henchmen in this where like like people die five and then like there's like four more guys who just show up who are also part of this plan it's like how many how many people are in on like i don't know i just felt like i have no idea who these characters are but like every place they go to there's like four new henchmen so like if they hadn't killed some of these guys oh yeah like we'd be like 20 people deep here (laughs) yeah they're not making any money on this deal if they do if if they pay their entire crew because it's too it's just too expensive i did Um, like uh i think if it's hail kills somebody or like or no or like Samantha Mathis does but um Travolta's like you just saved me a few million dollars like <laughs> exactly like, thank you how much money do they actually ask for this I I, I forgot I, I'm, I'm curious if it's like yeah I wanted something like, in my head is saying like 250 like million or something or like but let me see let me see if it's a uh, that's what I was trying to figure out was like is it in today's money is it like woefully too much <laughs> now that this is almost 30 years old or is it is it is it uh like still like a, a reasonable amount of money to actually retire and, and disappear with yeah i'm trying to see if they uh if it's less than 200 i feel like it's not going to be enough i feel like 
I feel like that gets squandered pretty badly. Yeah, and then I always wonder, and like, how realistic. Like, that's always the premise of the movie that they're going to disappear or like go to a country with like no extradition or anything. Um, but it feels like you're going to have to, for that country, like, they might have no extradition, but like, they don't give a shit about you. If the US is like, hey, we want that guy because he, you know, threatened to set off a nuclear device in our country and stole a bunch of money, like, they're probably going to be like, yeah, fine. Like, yeah. you can have him. Like, the, so you're going to have to just... pay them a ton of money yep. as well for this to work. Um, and they'll probably still kill you anyway. <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Yeah, I, I kind of had that thought too. Is like the fallacy that these things, like you'll ever actually escape anything you've done in these movies. Like I, I feel like at the end of it, everybody's gonna get every everybody's getting everybody's being killed. Like maybe yeah. you, maybe you last a year, but like you're you're probably gonna be be assassinated at some point or like right? they're gonna come like by like it's just send, like track you down like. <laughs> They're probably going to send uh, uh, Hale to go get him, too. Yeah, or I'm always like, so you're going to have to, yeah, you'll be super rich, but like, you're going to have to put your money into, like, somewhat of a shady bank account. Of Oh, uh, yeah. <laughs> that it's just not going to be, like, frozen and taken back. And you're going to have to go live in a kind of shady country. Like, well, what's going to stop that country from just killing you and taking all like, your money? <laughs> like, what is, like... It's that. Like, Right. And then, and then that's, I mean, I guess unless they're recruiting you to like run their shady military as well now. <laughs> like, like, oh, we have the guy with the like U.S. Air Force experience who's going to help us help us run our Air Force like or something like modernize us. Like we're going to use him. Like, yeah, I was like, I don't, I don't really see the end plan of this. Uh, hang, hang I, mean, I guess you'd. I guess you'd disappear with like a new identity and like uh, so no one I knows think, I think, I think who you no are. Like, it's like, but yeah it seems unless you body switch with somebody and nobody knew except, except all the people I, who, who you killed i guess maybe i'm projecting 2023 stuff yeah, out of this because yeah i guess if you so if you did this in like 1976 i fully feel if you had like a hundred million dollars you could get yourself a new identity and disappear and no one's gonna find you like the world's a big place if you just are traveling and moving around it's gonna be hard to track and find someone doing that but like 2023 feels like you're gonna have to go off the grid in a way that's like this feels like a shitty life you now have like oh yeah like it wasn't worth it at all like you have yeah. you have a hundred million dollars and you can't actually go enjoy it you're just gonna use it to survive in some like, hole. right anything you do with that hundred million is gonna immediately raise like red flags and alerts of like oh like Someone is shipping in twenty million dollars worth of like construction equipment to this like middle yeah. of nowhere. Like, yeah, I uh, yeah. <laughs> pretty sure you're not buying a Ferrari and, and you're going to live it up on the Riviera. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I do always. I couldn't find the number for this, but I do always want to do the breakdown because it seems like the people putting like the money behind this operation um, are probably getting a pretty big cut of. Like uh, yeah. group is probably getting a pretty huge cut of all this. And so then it's like, and then there's like 20 like army guys, air force guys who went like AWOL. And so when you start dividing the money up, it's like, Oh, are you getting like $3 million? And now you're wanted by the U S government in like a yeah. pretty significant way. It's like, oh, I don't know. This is in <laughs> your life sucks. You know? Yeah, I agree. It's, it's 250 million. Yeah. 250. So it feels like, 
Pritchett's crew have probably taken half of that. At least, I think. At least. That, that's what I don't understand is um, like, what is Pritchard's in game? Because he just seems like an old guy. Like, like, why is he on this? Like, he shouldn't even be on this thing. Yeah, it's just like, right, it's weird he's there. I guess he's just overseeing, like, <laughs> making sure they do what they're saying. But it's like, what's, like, I just feel like Deacon has, like, a legitimate gripe of, like, what are you doing here and why are you here? Like, <laughs> you're not helping this. Like, you're only I, uh, in the way. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, like, when they when they kill him off, it's not a, I will say it's a welcome, it's a welcome moment because it, it does feel earned that he's sniveling, annoying, kind of, uh, what do you, what do you, interfering, uh, um, uh, financial financial guy, and so like you, you're you welcome, Deacon's, you know, breaking his windpipe, <laughs> just yeah. So, but then so it also feels like Deacon. So let's say then there's like 125 million to go to the all the military guys doing this, but I feel Deacon's as the leader is probably taking like 50 of that or something for him to. <laughs> to do this and so it feels like some of these guys are in like the five million range uh to completely betray the u.s government and if you want it forever is like i don't know i guess five million dollars 1996 um potentially yeah. and i guess and also if you're one of the i like i get if you're low enough in this plan like you might be a little off the radar of them uh coming after you maybe i don't i don't know like i i don't think he might get away i think about um like if some of these guys just like took two weeks leave and like you're gonna get their five million and like show back up to work and no, that's uh, a good deal you still get the military pension you get to get this on be discharged retire that's not a bad deal like how long like you think he like keeps his job if he just turns back up and he's like oh i got away from the core i'm okay the radiation he feels like bad. yeah he feels like he better be getting like 20 million or something to yeah, do this but then the guys who kill the uh the couple camping at the beginning like those guys feel like they could just be like like no one necessarily knows they were involved in this like they could just be getting a few million and like yeah or or travolta's just gonna kill fine to guys. go back to work like well, i could that see also travolta just, potentially feels yeah like there's a better chance than not he's just gonna kill everybody. which is <laughs> always true. a flaw of joining one of these plans that like the crux of it is seems like Deacon's gonna like kill his best friend. Uh yes. I think that's a hundred for money. And it's like, well, I don't really think you want to get involved. <laughs> where we're like, now that this guy who killed his best friend for money, you're trusting is not gonna also murder you. <laughs> uh yeah. Yeah. I um I think I think uh it better than better chance than not that Deacon's just kills everybody and he keeps all the money for himself. Yeah. <laughs> Always seems like <laughs> But I guess that's, you know, every movie, every criminal operation, something or every movie criminal operation. Where it's like, once you start killing people for that, why would they ever stop? Yeah, it's kind of a slippery slope. It's almost like you shouldn't kill people. <laughs> it's weird. You think? Uh, well, speaking of killing people, uh, just looking at a picture of it, 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 the still picture of it, it cracks me up. What are your thoughts on the actual death of of Deacons at the end of this? I really like it in the movie, and I'm like, it looks cool. It it actually they they have now built up like Deacons is like kind of willing to die, and like 
And they've also, oh man, we haven't talked about his fetish for these nuclear weapons. Oh yeah, he loves to just finger these nuclear weapons as much as um, possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that, so it feels like he's like he's just in, into like anything with these nuclear weapons. So he's like, yeah, I'm cool. Like this thing killing me. Um, and also like it looks fucking awesome. Like he takes it to the chest at the so the trains <laughs> crash and it propels the nuclear bomb as a missile at Deacon's in the back of a train car. And he stands up and is like, I'm like fucking taking this one. This is how I'm going. And then after it hits him, it like cuts to the outside of the train and his body is like fucking launched like 40, 50 feet. It's feeling like it is like, at least it, it least. feels impactful. Like, and he was like, that's a pretty awesome shot. Like, so really, and then when I start like thinking about it, I'm like, like watching the movie, I'm on board. I like it. I'm like, well, you see, it's coming. I'm like, oh, I don't know if this is going to be cool. And then, like, it is cool. <laughs> it's, oh, like, it's cool. looks great. But then, like, after into... the movie, I think about it. I'm like, was that dumb? I don't know. That might have been dumb, <laughs> but I did really yeah, like it. <laughs> it was perfect. And it propels him into uh, a bunch of uh, cans of, of jet fuel for the helicopter. So then he explodes, <laughs> Eric. As soon as he hits them, he explodes. So I, I think it's like, so I think for, for villain, for one, he's probably not coming back, but two for villain deaths. I'm like pretty good. Like it's, it, 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 it hits all of the, uh, all the marks I wanted to for, for just some crazy wild yeah. over the top villain death. Oh, also, uh, how long, sorry, uh, but how long so as dead as Travolta is, <laughs> as dead as Deacon did, how long kind of falls off the train, maybe into some water, like could a hundred percent come back. Uh, I hope he does. I hope he's still alive. They're, they're due. They're due. Broken Arrow 2, Howie Long is stealing nuclear weapons. <laughs> Broken Arrow 2, Electric Boogaloo. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm in. I'm showing it up open in day. I, uh, I'm, I'm in too. I'm good for it. Let's go. Um, but it he, feels, he, the death feels appropriate for Deacons as over the top and evil as he's been. Like, <laughs> yeah, we get, I, we get a big death match. <laughs> Which is which is which was satisfying. I think was satisfying. What's unsatisfying to me was the ending after the the, the wrap up with um with uh yeah <laughs> um the uh with Hale and Samantha Math's character. It just never that that just felt very like what's the word? They they both felt very blah in the end of this, and it's just sort of like well, they sh- I, I don't know. I'm not sure what their yeah, alternative was. Yeah, because you have the but... one scene um, where the first, I guess we haven't talked about, there's a nuclear weapon explodes in this movie. Oh, um, uh, that's true. Uh, and after, but it goes off in a mine like way underground. Um, and so, but like, um, I guess Samantha Mather character is Terry Carmichael, which is a, a ter- ter- maybe a terrible name. <laughs> yeah. Um, but she's like freaking out and like um, so Hale like does come for her and they have like kind of an intimate moment but it never really feels romantic at all and so when it's like oh obligatory ending we're like they're gonna bone (laughs) like like, (laughs) it does not feel earned but like because you know so little about hale i don't know how you end it for him other than like he finally stopped deacons but like stopping a nuclear detonation is so much bigger than like the personal stakes you've seen for him in this. So it's not like, I I, I don't know what any of this mean, like means for him at this point. Like it does just a weird it, thing that happened in his life, I guess. <laughs> it, it, it feels like 
he's going to go back to his normal job on Monday. And like, that's, that's it. Right. Like, just going to get debriefed. And now, yeah. like, Oh man, crazy story about like, about captain Hale. Like he was involved in like a broken oh, you guys arrow. Hear, yeah, you like, guys hear what happened to Deacons? No, what happened? Oh yeah. He, uh, he <laughs> committed treason and he's dead. Yeah. So, who killed him? Oh, it was, uh, it was Hale. So yeah, it's, but it doesn't feel like it, like Hale grows. Uh, like, I guess he's a better boxer now. <laughs> I don't think it, I don't know what personal growth, like, because Deacons is criticizing him. Like, he's, he calls him like a pussy at one point, kind of like, yeah. like, oh, I didn't ask you to be in the plan because I was afraid, like, not because I thought you'd say no, because I was scared you'd say yes, because I wouldn't trust you to pull off something like this um, with me. It's like, well, kind of a compliment. You would assume I wouldn't commit treason. Um, <laughs> <laughs> would get I, cold uh... feet and be like, hey, guys, this is wrong. We shouldn't do it. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's such a... Um, you're right like there, there is no progression of the character but you needed whatsoever. you kind of needed something of his character like wasn't able to do something wasn't able yeah. to commit to something couldn't see something through or like got, did get scared in like back and you never get that at the beginning where now his growth has like seen something through so like there's just nothing there for Hale of us like he's almost there's like a, too generic you know, action hero that. That, it's, that's exactly it. that that's where i think i don't like christian uh slater in this is he just it just feels too generic down the middle there's um, nothing for him there's no growth of the character there's no yeah, yeah. and i think it's not I think, even like revenge or like yeah no no exactly or or like there's not some there's there's no catalyst in this for him other than Everything happened to him, and he's just re- at best, he's just reacting to to what's happened to him. Everything, other, yeah, otherwise, he's, he's not doing anything. Well, it sounds like kind of like it doesn't feel that powerful. He's like, no, like I gotta go get these nuclear weapons back. Like it kind of happened. Like it was on. It's on me. It's like, yeah, that's all kind of true. Like you probably like maybe I know you kind of like saying like he goes off. Like I'm not following. He and Delroy Lindo are like, we're going to not follow these orders because we're going to go in and try to save some men's Mathis and like stop the It's like, yeah, it's like, I don't know. Like, it kind of does feel like this is your job. Like, like <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Like, but like, I, yeah, I, you are in the Air Force. You probably should go get these nuclear weapons back. <laughs> like, uh, he should. It's just, uh, it, but it feels like, well, it's just funny to me because it never feels like there's more than five other guys working on this besides what Hale's doing at any one point yeah, in time. Yeah. And it just feels like, well, if it's for being nuclear weapons that are lost and you think there might be some sort of threat around them, there would be a lot more activity going on than... I guess they try to explain that away by setting off the other nuke. That's that's the the misdirect that nobody wants to get close to the area. But like, well, and I think it's feels... like everyone else is focused on like Salt Lake City is where they're headed. And just... um. And so, but Hale and Delroy Lindo are like, yeah, he might be going the other direction. So we're going to go check that out. And like, oh, yeah, we were right. <laughs> Turns out we were right. And uh, there's only three of us to actually stop this thing. Yeah. <laughs> and one of them is a park ranger. And one of them is a park ranger who's not very good at her job. And Frank Whaley is technically one of them, too. Yeah. <laughs> um. Well, uh, let me see. I'm trying to go through my notes. Um. What do you, where do you think this for you? All right. So I kind of, I kind of gave my opinion on already, but you know, I, I don't think for me, this stacks up as high as uh hard target or obviously of course it can't live up to face off, but 
uh, certainly doesn't to me reach where I think the heights are of of Wu's Hong Kong movies. But I mean, what what were your thoughts like? Kind of where this it's where in a this weird it doesn't yeah it's in a weird place where it it it, it just doesn't really feel like a John Woo movie yeah um the way in some of a lot of that's probably like the character like there's not a protagonist because that's what um like the killer hard boy like they have great protagonists yep. that you love and like they really don't make there's nothing there for slater to be that and there's a ton there like for Tra- travolta is more the main character um in the one but then you you got to stop rooting for him at some point huh? <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to usually kill of that so it's a little bit oh, so um, I'd be really curious to see the John Woo cut of this. That's I looked like it probably 15, 20 minutes longer and see what was in. Um, was it? But it seems like he and the studio were um, fighting a lot. And like they probably, the studio was probably not interested in making a John Woo movie as much as releasing a John Woo movie. That's right. Uh, think, but I still wanted right. their safe American action movie that now but um so there's probably yeah there's probably um some stuff that suffers that is competing thoughts and i wonder if on like face off i wonder if like travolta and cage are maybe big enough to be like no we want to be in a john woo movie and like we're <laughs> like we're you know, like you're letting us cook and we're letting him cook and like this is what we're doing guys um you know it, pay, it pays off there no flaws in that point um now i <laughs> I haven't seen Face Off in a little while. I might like this more than Face Off, honestly. Really? Like, I might enjoy it more. Um, I, th- I think Face Off gets like a little big to me. At times. It does. As much as like that's what I love in like, like that's the best parts of this is when it gets big, and that's what I love about Face Off is it getting big. It's like there are times though where like it just like kind of keeps going with more, more, more excess, excess. It's like, it's like Michael Bay. <laughs> kind of stuff of that time um and so like if i'm actually gonna sit down and watch something i might like like i don't know the slowdown grounding uh, on this one at times might hit me a little better um because i've definitely seen this more than face off i would say i've not seen hard target recently enough um just to say um and then but then i i think you can't even compare this to hard boiled or the killer because no, those are so right. character based and this is just not. Um, I mean, maybe you can compare Deacons with what uh what they're giving him, what given Travolta to be as a charismatic figure versus you know like a, a Chow Yun Fat as a charismatic figure in an action movie, but um, yeah, you can't. I just don't really know how you compare them, and then. To compare this to face off, like they're just not giving Slater anything to do to match Travolta. The, that two, that, yeah. that, and that's what the face off is the two of those two guys getting to go huge. I, um, I, I agree with you. I, um, I think I, I, part of me wonders you if you give the if you give too much of a budget too much of a plot if the john woo charm falls away and uh these might be example again I, I feel like it's a very americanized script and they're trying to shoehorn in john woo's practicality of how he shoots and what he wants to do 
into yeah. a much bigger story than what he would he would ever have done on his own. And I think that's where it it slides. Yeah, and like because the like a lot of the hunger like feel there are a lot of small moments, character moments, and like once you bring like nuclear weapons into it, it becomes yeah, so overwhelms are... <laughs> all those stakes where um and then those flourishes of John Woo direct feel so much style over substance that um kind of start to almost distract from what it's doing. They make it still more interesting, certainly than like generic American action movie of the time. Like so they they uh, do, they do, but I I I I because he does this, he does face off. Face off I think is more down the middle of what he's used to. And then he does Mission Impossible 2, which I haven't seen that in a long time, but it does feel like it's kind of got a lot. They're they're letting him do what he wants to do on all the action sequences. The plot, I would say, is again, it feels like a Hollywood cooked up plot with John Woo practicality kind of clamped down on top of it. Uh, it probably works a little bit better than this does. But then he does like movies like Paycheck and <laughs> his his trajectory gets a little weird in the early, and he does Wind Talkers. It feels like he was trying to change his director. He wanted to just do different stuff, and maybe this was his wheelhouse. And he tried to go too far outside of his wheelhouse, and it, you know, not long after this, and yeah, may not, may not may not land. Be not yeah. I don't know if he was trying to not direct John Woo movies. Was trying to get away from some of those tropes. Um, that'd probably become cliches uh, by the time you're talking about like a paycheck or something um, and find um, what he was. But yeah, I mean, to the point of their shoehorning in things. So there's a lot, like a lot of famous shots of John Woo movies where like the, it's the two characters almost like lying on the floor with like guns to each other's heads. Yep. And um. Yeah, and I think Mission Impossible too. They kind of do that, but they, they, they launch off like motorcycles into it. But it's like at the end, the climax is like the two villains, uh, the, the hero and the villain facing off against each other, and they've like built this um, adversarial relationship between them. Or there, there's like stuff going on, like in Broken Arrow. The moment they do it is Christian Slater and Samantha Mathis when they first meet each other, uh, and Christian point. Slater's got a gun and she's got a knife. And it's like, we have no backstory of these characters, so this doesn't really land as a moment for them. And it's it's not our hero and villain doing this, or like hero, someone they're kind of battling, but is going to become a friend. I mean, I guess they become friends. Like, but like, they've not, there's been no weight added to either of these characters for what this means at all. Yeah, the account, like, the you just wanted this moment. You're right. It's like you just wanted this moment in the movie, but like it's not there. Like, and it's also like she's just like a park ranger. <laughs> it's, it's like <laughs> I you're not you've given us no background of her being like like I don't know, like a badass or something, or like yeah, as a no, no, there, there's none of that. They never they never I think it's your point when they do it in the killer. It's your two leads that are actually meeting and, and you've independent of each other, you've seen them match up against other people and, and you've seen their 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 I guess their toughness. Here it just seems like 
okay, they've 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 got a gun. They're gonna have some sort of playful banter over a gun, and, and then all of a sudden they're you know they're off they're off, and that's that's their it's like their mute cute, and right. they can't swap those two yeah. things. It can't be a mute cute, and it can't be a a showdown at the same time. Like that just Wait, we've not we've not been waiting for the audience hasn't been waiting for these characters to like face each other. Right, and that's exactly. what normally in like a John Woo movie is so great. You've been waiting for this moment, so when you do that, it's like yeah, it's melodramatic, unrealistic. But as the audience, it's what you've been wanting. It's what you've been wanting to see is that, and they giving that time to that moment is why it works. And this is like I don't know who these people are. <laughs> like, <I> don't <laughs> have any history. No, this is not something I ever even knew I like was looking to see. Like, yeah. No, they, they kind of show um, Samantha Mathis to, Mathis to be kind of a goober of sorts. And then you've got Christian Bale, who's just seen his ass kicked by a guy who's 10 years older than him and out of shape. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, there's not really any stakes about about what's going on with these people. And it's, um, so it's weird when they talk about this movie. It's like, oh, but I kind of love that. That's somewhat of what I love is like, oh, they, them cramming this John Woo stuff into this. Um, it, it's like two genres I love. They're cramming together. And so even when it doesn't work, it's still like, oh, I still enjoy it and find it interesting. And yeah, so it's so I'm, I'm never like bored watching it because I see what they're trying to do. And so it not working is still almost it's still just as interesting as it working. <laughs> and so all maybe right. that's what Fair I enough. say, like when I'm comparing it to like face off, I'm like, oh, all of this is working. <laughs> And so, but it's just like, yeah, and it just keeps working. It's like, and for this, it's like, oh, this is not working. And now it's like kind of more interesting. <laughs> I, 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 that's right. I guess I disagree is it's, it, it works, but it, it feels too clinical for me. Okay. That it's too, yeah. That's like, it's, it's too generic. Insert John Woo moment for a little bit. Here. Yeah. Like, and yeah. I, it, it, that's why I think, um, I, I would prefer face off. I, I I would actually say maybe we should. We I think I said no on Hard Target because we've covered too many Van Damme movies. Impossible. Uh, you can never we, cover too many Van Damme movies. Um, but I, it gives you a lot of the what you want for for a John Woo movie. And if that's I mean, it really is sounding like we need to do face off. We we need to do face off. We probably should just go ahead and do uh, Hard Target. Because Hard Target, actually, you know what? I would actually would say let's watch yeah. Hard Target next. Okay. Uh, because. I'm thinking about it, and uh, what's his name? I want to get his name wrong. Um, the bad guy in that is uh, oh, I... oh god, Lance Hendrickson, and he plays yes. <laughs> this very over the top, very um, screen screen mugging uh, bad guy too. And I'm wondering, I'm wondering if that's like just uh, what's his name? Uh, Woo's direction to his actors is like if you're the villain, like you need to really be big and over the top. Otherwise, you know, you're not going to sell the, the evilness. Yeah. I, I think there's a lot of, um, I don't know what the character's name is in hard target, but I think there's a lot of uh, parallels maybe that we would find between that and, uh, and uh, Vic Deacons and hard target. <laughs> I, I wouldn't be surprised. Unfortunately, there's not any kind of hair crossovers because there's a fantastic uh, Van Damme mullet in that movie. It's oh, like, yeah like early 90s wrestling mullet of like it's got like oil yeah, in it and it's, it's crazy as many times as i've seen it and like seen that it still is like when i pull up and there's like I, so i pulled up hard target on imdb and it's a and it's that and it's like it still is like 
oh my god, <laughs> that haircut. Holy that haircut. Shit. And don't forget, uh, it's got Wilford Brimley as his uncle at the very end, who actually <laughs> Wilford Brimley on a horse killing people with a with a bow and arrow. So that alone probably makes it worth worthwhile to just for us to check out. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm game, I'm game. I'll figure. It. But also, it would be perfect because John Woo's got a new movie coming out, uh, December first, uh, Silent. He Night. does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's I was thinking the same thing. Uh, was like, I, I, it's his probably his first um, action you movie, American like movie this... in a while. Yeah, as so... well, I think because I think he he did some like he went and did some these like Red Cliff movie. Like, he's like kind of epic, um, period piece things in China, um, as well. So he's. So I do think your point of talking about him doing different stuff is probably was looking to go a different direction. Well, a bit after some of Silent Night, even feels like it could be him parodying to an extent himself. Oh, doing uh, yeah, doing doing action movies, but I, I'm I mean I I kind of want to see it. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, Joel Kinnaman, I'm not really sure. I'm, my, the jury's still out for me a little bit on him on ability to carry a movie, um, but we'll see. And supposedly they're in production on a um, English language remake of uh, The Killer Ugh, as well. Not... But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's certainly been plenty of time since that. At least I. Um, so there I can has... get because the killer, it's a lot of the stuff in those are pretty dated. That was um, what I was thinking. Was I don't know how that tra- I don't, I'm not sure. I don't know how well that's well. gonna, yeah, to a monitor. So I'd, I'd be curious to see it, but yeah, sometimes not often that that goes well of someone kind of going <laughs> back to the well at this point. Um, yeah. like sometimes it's that's almost, uh, I want to keep working and people will, will do this. <laughs> That's like someone will give yeah. me money to do this one. Like, uh, maybe that'll get me back in the game. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Wu is 77. Like, I kind of hope he's right. That's also like retiring. Yeah. Like, or he just loves you and is like, yeah, I just want to keep directing. Like, true. Well, true. At this point, like, who knows what it'll be? Well, I won't get to do it anymore. Um, for whatever reason it is. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it'd be fun to do a few John Woo, uh, at least with a, him having a new one coming out. Maybe we should. We'll Maybe see. We can. Our planning on this has not been uh, <laughs> the, the best. Uh, which I forgot to I forgot to so release far. the uh, <laughs> the bracket the bracket ones. So I was like, I, said, I don't know. Should I just drop those like for like Monday morning? Sure, why not? Let's do All it. Right. If, although part of me is like, if we can now delay it, we can put some in the bank of <laughs> and buy ourselves a little time. It's like, but at this point, we're so far off any kind of schedule. Like, I don't know if it matters. Yeah, it doesn't. So let's yeah. just have fun with it. All right. I was I was looking. I was happy to see that uh, Captain America is starting to climb the ranks in, in the movies. Um, uh, and then surprisingly, Night of the Living Dead rocketed up to the top four. And really? so, did, so did Toy Soldier. <laughs> I wonder if that's Toy Soldiers is because um, Rewatchables did it. You know what? You might be right. So maybe yeah, that could like, the zeitgeist a bit where I was coasting on there. Uh... Right, riding those coattails. Riding those sweet, sweet Bill Simmons coattails. <laughs> All the way to our uh, no money. I uh, Yep. Thanks uh, Thanks for that. No, no Spotify contracts for us, unfortunately. Um, 
Yet. Yeah, no, I, I was laughing. Like, there's definitely been a shakeup in the order of stuff from the last time I looked at the, <laughs> the most downloaded episodes. Yeah, at this point, so for her, my daughter um, Kelly turns 13 today, which is pretty fucking crazy. Um, uh, yeah, tell her happy birthday, please. Yeah, uh, but one of the things she wanted for her birthday was Spotify Premium, um, and I was, <laughs> I was like, man, this is not not as cheap as I thought it would be. Um, uh, so uh, Spotify. Uh, I'm up for just like a free, a free, uh, like mem- just subscri- subscription. If uh, <laughs> you have any interest in the podcast at this I think, point, I think Spotify is anything losing money too. It's one of those that people are talking about with, uh, it's, it's concept makes sense, but it's like still a loss making endeavor. And it's because they've put so much money into content. Right. I, They're I doing the same problem. All these places, you know, they like, they've given people like hundred, like a hundred million dollars. And it's like, well, I don't know how that was ever going like, to well, like Bill Simmons was like 150 million. I think for him, right. To bring his network, like the ringer network in. Yeah. I'm not sure, but it's pretty big. I, and I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. What money they get. Like, I mean, I guess ad money, but like, I just, Hey, spoiler alert. I listen to it on Apple and uh, I skip all the ads. So good that's what I don't understand how ads work on podcasts. Cause on every podcast I have, I just, there's like a literal button on it where you yeah. can just fast forward and skip the ads. Like, yeah. So I, I and that's sort of like well integrated into the show itself. Like, and I, yeah, I'm sure there are plenty of people who like, they are in the middle of doing something. Don't bother skipping them. Um, but it's also like I don't know if anyone's listening to any of these ads. Like, I uh, yeah, I, I I doubt it. I do it with the uh, last podcast on the left. I listen to that on Spotify, and I just I skip through all the ads. Especially, uh, which you know, a selling point for our podcast. We don't have like intro music or anything. If your podcast has intro music, it's perfect because I can just hit skip until I hear the intro music, which is and then exactly I stop. what I do. Yeah, and it's, exactly yeah, what I do. It, it's, uh, and it works beautifully. Like, you got to get rid of these podcasts having this intro music, people. Like, <laughs> it just makes it easier to skip the ads. You got to, like, you got to make me, or I'm still just hearing, like, host voice, so I got to stop. And at least be like, oh, ad for, uh, ad for mattresses. All right, skip that. Okay, uh, yep, I, nope, don't want to hear that. Oh, oh, oh this one yeah. sounds like you're selling me some coffee, uh, or you're selling me, uh, uh, um, so less HGH. production values is my point. <laughs> <laughs> like us. That's where we're the production values. Ads will be better integrated. <laughs> uh, you, you might be right, actually. Um, or at least if you can change it up to the point where you can't just skip around too easy, then I think you're good. So, well, um, what do you rate this thing? What, what's your rating on this? Man, I I have a hard time because I love this movie. So part of me is like five out of five. That's <laughs> and part of me, like, Go for it. And part of me is like all the flaws we talked about in it, like, like, I don't know, like two out of five. So, um, I feel, I, and then there's like two, there's like two people inside of me warring about it. It's like the person who like sat with like Jay at like one in the morning in a, in, a, yeah. in our apartment in LA, like, um, watching this movie. And then there's like the part of me that like went to like film school and is like, can I in good conscience give this four out of five? And then I'm like, can I in good conscience not give this four out of five? <laughs> That's um, uh, that, that's that's that is an epic battle. So um, I think I'm gonna go with the uh, four out of five. John Travolta reflections in the glass of a fighter pilot cockpit, <laughs> trying to kill Christian Slater. 
Uh, that's pretty good. I, I like it. And, uh, I, that's an effective moment for me too. Um, I have to give this three and a half out of five St. Jude's children's cancer ward <laughs> badges <laughs> for a miss for, for the misdirect. Otherwise, yeah. why, what, what am I doing here? I know this movie talks about St. Jude's like children's hospital in Salt Lake City. It's a very <laughs> well established amount. like uh, yeah, I'm like I should I know who It feel, it feels like a product like placement just like to the point of like <laughs> Yeah, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, like, I hope St. Jude's doing... hospital in Salt Lake City like give them a million dollars like <laughs> You mean you mean the one with all the radiation equipment? Oh yeah, I know all yeah, about yeah. them. <laughs> yeah, I I I um they they do lend a lot of credence to to that and I and I have I, f- I feel like it was a name that it didn't re- didn't recognize, but they they do enough to at least kind of get you over the finish line for 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 the relevance and and, and yeah. why why it's important. So I'll give them that. But yeah. So <laughs> all right. So we established that we're doing a hard target or face up. Uh, I think whoever watches something and sends notes <laughs> first, that's what we're doing. <laughs> uh, that's so game uh, on. Game on. I, I have a busy week, so it's going to probably be you. Um, I, I also just want to look up, too, at some point. Uh, the dad, uh, Corey's dad in Halloween Ends is watching uh, Hard Target right before he gets killed. <laughs> and so I am curious, like, what was the motivation for, for throwing for putting that in there? <laughs> Hard Target into uh, Halloween Ends? That's I, I always had a question mark about that one. Or if we watch it and realize there's a character in Hard Target that's watching Halloween and it's like a real meta, like. <laughs> I hope you're right. I I hope there is like some sort of uh, huge like Halloween connection that, we... that like you're not like oh they're doing this. <laughs> yeah, I I really hope there's some, there's some sort of tie-in that I just didn't didn't pick up. So, um, all right. Hey, we'll find out. We will find <laughs> out soon. Uh, Broken Arrow, love it. <laughs> hey, I can't I can't blame you. I love it too.